Hello and good morning to my friends in Kenya. Why do we celebrate the holiday we call Easter? The Christian celebration of Easter is based upon the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. We live in a time today where people enjoy explaining why Jesus couldn't have been raised from the dead, why Jesus doesn't exist, or how Jesus is a mythical figure that's not real. Well, that's what they say, and the evidence they have to back them up is zero. It's just pure speculation. It's rejection because what Jesus has to say and who he is doesn't fit with their lifestyle. Now, let's see what the Word of God says, which was written during that time period, not thousands of years later. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Paul says, Now, I would remind you, brothers, of the gospel I preached to you, which you received, in which you stand, and by which you are being saved, if you hold fast to the word I preached to you, unless you believed in vain." For I delivered to you of, as of first importance what I also received, that Christ died for our sins in accordance with the Scriptures, that he was buried, that he was raised on the third day in accordance with the Scriptures, and that he appeared to Cephas, then to the twelve. Then he appeared to more than 500 brothers at one time, most of whom are still alive, though some have fallen asleep. Then he appeared to James, then to all the apostles. Last of all, as to one untimely born, he appeared also to me. Amen. God bless this reading of his holy and precious word. Jesus was and is God, has always been and will always be. But he appeared, while not stepping aside from being God, he appeared as a person, a little baby born to a poor Hebrew couple. And he came and lived a sinless life and then willingly went to the cross on your behalf and my behalf that our sins would be paid for, that we would be made right with God by putting our faith, our trust in what Jesus has done for us and who Jesus is. So... He made a way where there was no way, and that way has a name, and his name is Jesus. We were completely separated from God by our sin. Standing in our path was sin, death, and judgment, and the grave. And so Jesus came and conquered all of those by his sinless life, by his death on the cross, paying in full the penalty of the sin, and being raised from the dead, which means he was glorified, he was raised from the dead, seen by all of the disciples, plus others, plus 500 people, most of whom were still alive at the time of the writing. And so those who oppose this truth bring to the table nothing but speculation at best. There is such strong evidence for the existence, death, and resurrection of Jesus that if we were in a court of law, 
the, the proponent of Jesus, the one that claims Jesus is who he says he is, the court would give them a judgment uh, to allow them to win without even having to put on any defense because their, their case is so clear and the evidence is so strong that it, it's without a doubt the truth. And so we have a risen Savior. He's in the world today. We know that he has made a way for us where there was no way. For God so loved the world, he so loved you, he so loved me, that he gave his only son, that whoever would believe in him, believe in Jesus, would not perish but have everlasting life, John 3.16. And then verse 17 says, For God did not send his Son in the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. We can't control what people say, but we can see for ourselves the clear evidence and proof from Scripture. And if you've been born again, truly been born again, then you've got the evidence of your own testimony, what God is doing, has done, and continues to do in you through Christ in you. For over in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 20, we read, For I have been crucified with Christ. This is the testimony of a Christian. I have been crucified with Christ it is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life I now live in this flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. In John chapter 14, Jesus was telling the disciples that he was going to prepare a place for them, meaning in heaven. And if he went and prepared a place, he was going to come back and take them to himself so that where he is, they may be also, which includes us. And he said, you know the way to where I'm going. And Thomas said, Lord, we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So Jesus is making it plain that there's no other name given by which we may be saved. There's no other name under heaven given by which anyone may be saved but the name of Jesus. So we stand at that crossroads. Do we embrace Easter, that Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection are real and that he's seated at the right hand of God the Father in heaven and that he is before God the Father in heaven pleading our case as if a lawyer, pleading his own payment of the sin debt in full and saying, Father, they have been reconciled to you through me, through the finished work of Jesus. That's the testimony of Jesus to the Father. Now, over in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, it's, we read, For it is by grace that you are saved through faith. It's a gift from God, that's His grace, through faith in Christ Jesus, believing in Jesus, believing that He is who He said He is, and He does what He says He will do. So in Romans 10 and 9, we read, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, 
you will be saved. And then in another place in 1 John, he says, these things are written to you that you may know that you have eternal life. And so if there's no death, if there's no burial, if there's no resurrection, if there's not all three of those and an ascension back to heaven, then we're without hope. But we're not without hope. We have a sure hope, and his name is Jesus Christ. He, he is the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to God the Father except through Jesus we can rest on this. We must build our lives on this. We can do all things through Christ, but apart from him, we can literally do nothing. Help me, help each of us, Father, to embrace the reality and truth of who we are in Christ, who Christ is, and his relationship to you, that you are God the Father, that he is God the Son. As it has been said in him, in Christ, we live, we move, and we have our being. We live, meaning that our very lives are in Christ. For scripture also says, in him, all things hold together. So our lives hold together. Our ability to breathe, the ability of our hearts to beat, the ability for us to function in this world and for this world to be located precisely where it is so that we can live. We're at the exact right place of earth for it to be able to sustain life. If we moved any at all, life would end on earth immediately. And then it says, in him we move. That is, there's nothing we can do that we don't do through Christ, through the strength of Christ. So how is it that other people move around if they're not in Christ? Well, they can move around, but their life will never find fulfillment. They'll never find the right path until they find Jesus as their Savior, as a gift from God, received by God, uh, from God through faith, by trusting in the finished work of Jesus and thus receiving him as their Savior. So the only way we can live and move and have our being as the person God created us to be is in Christ Jesus. The most important event that has ever occurred since the beginning of the world is the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. As we read in 1 Corinthians 15, if Christ was not raised from the dead, then no one has been or will be raised. And the evidence for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, as well as his life and death and burial, is overwhelming. It's, it's tremendously strong. When Jesus was raised from the dead, the Jewish community came up with a story in collusion or cooperation of the guards which would have been somewhere between 12 and 60 guards that were sent there to guard a dead man inside a tomb with a heavy stone rolled in front of it. Seems like a pretty simple job for even two men, much less uh, anywhere between 12 and 60. And yet their story is pretty amazing. They say that we all fell asleep, so sound asleep, 
that we didn't hear a group of men come in. None of us, not one of the 60 or 12 or whatever the number was, heard these people come in and move this heavy heavy stone and carry this dead body away. And and by the way, they folded up the bedclothes, the grave clothes, before they carried him away. That's the most absurd thing that I could ever imagine being told. And you set that against the truth that Jesus was seen by his disciples. He was seen by over 500 people, most of whom were still alive when this was being written about. And against that, you have this wild story about the sleepy, uh, unwakeable 12 to 60 guards, and then you have people today just rejecting it because they don't know one way or the other. They have no evidence, nor do they even attempt to look at the evidence, but they reject Jesus out of hand because it doesn't fit with their lifestyle. Because Jesus said, if anyone would come to the Father, he must come through me. If anyone would come to the Father, he has to come and die. In other words, give ourselves to Jesus by putting our faith in him, where we have a change of mind from our old way of doing to a new way of doing and being in Christ Jesus. Let me just finally say that the fact that these disciples were willing to go out and die for Jesus is completely inconsistent with them knowing that he's dead. It doesn't even it makes no sense whatsoever. Yet almost every one of them died a martyr's death. They died on behalf of and because of their faith in Jesus Christ and their efforts to go and share the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ with the world around them. There is a way, and the way has a name, and his name is Jesus. He is eternally God and he was and is and is to come, yet he was God with us, Emmanuel, God with us, as we read, I believe, in Isaiah 53. And, and in John 1.14, it says, And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son of the Father, full of grace and truth. This is the Savior whose life we celebrate, his life, his death, his burial, his resurrection, his ascension to the right hand of God the Father, and his ultimate return to receive the the body of Christ at the rapture where he meets them in the air, and then when he literally comes for the second time. Uh, Jesus is the Savior of the world, and it's his life his death, burial, and resurrection, and his ascension to God and his return at the time that God has picked out that we celebrate on this special holiday. God bless you and keep you today and always in Christ Jesus. Amen.